0: You're listening to the Bob and Bo Show. Here, are your hosts, Ty Bob, Ty Bo, and Sean. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am Ty Bob, joined by Ty Bo and Sean. We're coming back to you after week 13 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, 27 to 24. Um, There's a lot to say. There's a lot to say um, that has already been said online on other people's podcasts. There's a lot of stuff left unsaid uh, from other media. Before we go down this dark road and end hopefully on a good note, We got to start this off with a little bit of funny. We got to start this off with a little bit something controversial, something that's near and dear to everyone who has a child's heart. (laughs) Tybo,
1: everybody that has a child's heart heart is sitting in their freezer. Exactly. (laughs) There Uh, is a
0: child at heart. Tybo, give us your top five.
1: This is another top five that I was inspired to do um, through scrolling on social media. Um, I saw uh, pro I mean, if anybody's hearing me describe this and they recognize the account and they feel like commenting or anything like that, there's these two dudes that do like drafts of of everything. And they did, they did their draft one through five of cereals. So now I want to do my top five series. Um, and I'm going to start out with something that may shock people. It's my honorably bad mention um i i hate reese's puffs reese's puffs is terrible agreed Re- reese's peanut butter cups my favorite chocolate candy bar reese's puffs is terrible It's something about the puff mixture like i i don't know i don't like cocoa puffs either the 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 puff texture once it gets soggy in milk is just a complete turnoff to me i don't like it um, it's
0: so weird. I find that totally opposite. I hate the peanut butter cups, but I love the cereal. That's cause you're
1: ass backwards. Reese's <laughs> peanut butter cups are God tier candy. Uh, uh, but that's gonna go ahead and bring me to my my honorably good mention, like the honorable mention that's just outside of my top five. Um staple in my house growing up. Um honey nut Cheerios, man, they're solid. They're right, they're right in the middle where they need to be. And if you slice a banana and put it in the bowl with your honey nut Cheerios, the, it, bananas you go well in a lot of cereals, but honey nut Cheerios and a banana. It's there's a, that's perfect. That marries together better than anything. Like I will, uh, some of my top five, I'll take a bowl of honey nut Cheerios and bananas over just some of the cereals on my top five. Um, but one of those like comfort cereals that's always in the house when I was a kid. Uh, number five, um, usually only got this when I went uh, to see family in Colombia. Um, don't know why my mom, I think she thought it was too sugary. Uh, Cocoa Pebbles. Big, I mean, I love the, if I could just have like Cocoa Puffs milk, like after someone had already, no, I'm probably not eating the cereal out of. That's pretty gross. But if I could, like, soak some Cocoa Puffs in milk and then, like, remove them and just drink the milk, i would be cool. Cocoa Pebbles, those pebbles are small enough so the, the waterlogged ones at the end really don't bother me. They just go down with the milk. But the, the the little itty-bitty crunches, it's almost like Rice Krispies. Uh, but, like, the itty-bitty crunches in there, just, like, chomp-chomp-swallow. Like, it's fucking... I love it. <laughs> uh, fruity Pebbles are pretty good, but I, I'm, I'm more chocolatey than fruity when it comes to cereals. Brings me to number four. This one's gonna probably surprise you guys. You guys remember Kicks and Pops? Yeah. They're two technically different cereals, but they're pretty much the same thing. Um I think it's like no, it's not corn pops, but like the cereal it's just called Pops and there's a cereal it's just called Kicks. They have the same type of texture. Um, they're like shiny on the outside. They have like a coating on whatever the cereal is, but it's a great crunch with milk and they don't get too soggy. I think because of like their exterior is like harder to soak up milk, they don't get as soggy. And that's what I like about them. Um, and they're not too sugary. Uh, they're, 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 to some people might think they're bland, but I think it's stellar. I, I think it's one of those kind of, Right down the middle, like right where it needs to be. It's right in its pocket. It's like a good drummer, you know, not doing off, not nothing too showy, but it's just staying right in the pocket, you know, right in the pocket. Uh, number three, this was like a special occasion cereal for me when I was younger, uh, Cookie Crisp. That shit was the bomb. The really soggy ones at the end aren't that good, but eating the cereal before you get to that point Top 10 experience. Like love cook crisp. <laughs> and number two, uh, this one is one that I forgot. Didn't have it a lot as a cereal or as a cereal as a kid. Um, but Sean brought it up. Honeycombs. Delicious. Love honey on my cereal. I honey nut Cheerios, obviously. Honeycombs, you just bring in an added texture and a little bit of extra honey because those things are sweet and they're friggin' delicious. Um Number one, call me boring, call me bland, but it's just, it's just the normal. It's just the everyday. It's what was in the house the most when I was younger, cinnamon toast crunch. I get tired of cereal very quickly. I never like to eat it like a bunch of times in a row, but I could never get tired of eating cinnamon toast crunch. Like if I'm in the mood for cereal, I'm in the mood for cinnamon toast crunch. Whatever my other options are, like I'd weigh them here and there, but I could always settle for a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Now, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is my number one, but I do have an even more – it's like a special mention. It's a special recognition award um, that would be number one if it was still a cereal today. Discontinued in 2006, French Toast Crunch.
2: Oh, they have brought that back every once in a while.
1: You guys, damn! I let this go out because I was talking for too long.
2: When did they bring it back? They brought it back for like a limited release, I believe, like in the past two years.
1: Okay, well, officially, like it's only been, it was only out from '96 to 2006. I didn't, I didn't know that they brought it back. I, I really fucked have, up. I could I, it. I could be wrong. I missed out. But French Toast Crunch was it? 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 Those little. French toast looking things. It had the same type of shiny that you saw on the outside of Kicks and Pops. So uh, something about that type of cereal, and then you just you add the maple syrup flavor. French toast crunch was the bomb. I I literally only had it like a few times in my life, but it's it's so dang
0: it's it's delicious.
1: It's
0: good list top five cereals, boys. I like it um i i'm I, I don't know and, and you guys aren't the only ones who um are like totally against me on this i don't know what it is people who hate soggy cereal i don't get it man soggy soggy cereal or you get it just right where it's a little soggy and a little crunchy it's just it's the perfect mixture i'm more so talking about the stuff that's
1: like at the very end that's just been soaking in milk the whole time Oh, it like, almost like dissolves over your tongue. Like, that's weird to me. I don't like that.
2: Tybo, French what? Toast Crunch is back.
1: It's back? Well, well stop, it stop the presses. Like, I mean, check up the whole top five. French Toast Crunch is number one.
0: Tybo is going to the store right after this show to get him
1: <laughs> I don't think I can get it at my local store. I never
0: see it. It's not there. Google it. hy
1: and Walmart and Price Chopper do not have French Toast Crunch. Hey, brother. Or if they do, it's off the shelves immediately because I never see it.
0: There's one that got, that got missed, though, at least one of my favorites from childhood, Waffle Crisp. You guys ever had Waffle Crisp? Never had it. Oh, um, no. I would oh, probably
1: man. like it if it's got the maple syrup flavor. Like is It's it, got is the it maple like syrup the, flavor, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: it's S it's tier. S tier for sure. Well, That is a good list. Little controversial with the uh, Reese's Cocoa Puffs. I'm a little disappointed in some of these, but boo. Mostly a good boo. list overall. We've got one piece of news from the Kansas City Chiefs over the weekend. Um, we lost.
1: That was news. We did.
0: We, that that was news. <laughs> Not good news. Uh, we've got other. Maybe not so good news. We'll have to see kind of how it plays out. This one came from Brett Tesler, who is the agent of defensive tackle Taylor Stallworth. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs informed me that they are releasing my client, Taylor Stallworth. Veteran defensive tackle should get interest from other teams on waivers. I don't know if he'll actually get other interest uh, while he's on waivers. We'll have to see. That's kind of what an agent has to do. Um, It was making room for the other defensive tackle that we did bring in uh last week that we spoke about uh he will most likely get activated the active roster for this upcoming week i don't remember his name off the top let's, of my head 33 years old
1: brandon uh williams. Is brandon williams yeah yes so let, let's right. talk about that for just a second do we think he can make the same type of impact that melvin ingram made and and melvin melvin ingram has technically like carlos dunlap has technically already surpassed what Oh, Melvin Ingram did in his time in Kansas City. Do we do we think like he can make a change on this defensive line like we felt Melvin Melvin Ingram
2: made last season? I think if it's just at least this one guy showing up and taking some more pressures off Chris Jones, freeing up some other guys, and help get sacks overall and just stops overall, that's definitely going to help us a lot. If he shows up and does that, I'll be happy.
1: I at least think he's going to help with the run run stopping. Like, Colin Saunders isn't bad, but this last game, he didn't look good. Um, so he's, he's another body. He's a he's an absolute freaking unit, dude. Uh, so he was, he was kind of the last lineman that was highly touted out there that teams were going after. Um, so I'm, I'm excited, but I, I'm I don't know if it if it's overall really gonna make a difference on this defense.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see how it plays out and uh how much playing time he realistically gets. It's a big body. I think he can plug up the whole um but we'll just kind of have to kind of have to wait and see how he's utilized. Um that's it for the news. Like I said, there's not there's not much. Um I guess one one little bit of news uh we could talk about uh even after the loss against the Bengals as long as we win this week and the Los Angeles Chargers lose the Kansas City Chiefs have locked up the AFC West and a playoff berth very quickly into the season
1: um it I'm would it would be uh locking up the division and at least a home playoff game like a home playoff game
0: correct So that'd be be very nice. Um, We'll have to wait and see how things play out over the week. Chargers are still looking pretty injured. We'll see how that one plays out. But let's let's get right into the game, boys. Um, It's not what we wanted to happen. Obviously, it's three losses in a calendar year against the same team. Absolutely our kryptonite. What the hell went wrong?
1: So I'll start off by owning up to the, the thing that I said that we should expect uh, in the Chiefs preview new show um, was exactly what did not happen. Um, we did not touch Joe Burrow. We did not sack him. We did not have him confused. He was running all over our secondary, our our front seven. Like, he was the one that had our defense on the ropes, um, not the other way around.
2: Do you think that comes from having – a what some people are saying, a predictable defense with Spagnola. Look,
1: his scheme has shown to work against some teams. There were glaring mistakes in this game. I I I'm not I'm not putting this all on coach. There were plenty of plays where players were put in position to make plays and they did not execute. Tackling was piss poor. uh coverage was up and down coverage was streaky uh but the 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 D line as i was expecting them to get pre- they didn't show up they there were there were very few times where Joe Burrow really felt like he was like scared to get a sack like he was he was moving around fairly freely um the defense like Frank Clark was almost a no show um and he had like he had one really bad decision on a late blitz. Um, it's, it's been talked about on Twitter plenty of times. But the the D-line was not effective against an O-line and a quarterback that had given up and taken a lot of sacks on the season. So that's a, that's the biggest fault of the game. And if, if that were flip-flop to the other side, if we were getting sacks, if we were getting pressure, this game is 100% going in the other – like going in our –
2: I think going along with that, our run defense was terrible. Samaj P. Ryan absolutely torched us yesterday or Sunday. We made
1: him look like the best back in the league, dude.
2: Coming off of what well, we've had a close to top 10 rush defense for some of the year, it's a pretty good rush stops this year against good running teams. And their backup running back does that.
1: Like in the Colts game that we lost, we even contained Jonathan Taylor. This was the worst performance of our run defense by far.
0: Bad. It was very bad. He had 160 total yards between rushing and receiving. Um, I don't know. We. I don't know. We'll, we'll. I'll cover the good that happened during that, but there's a. There's so much bad. There's so much bad. I was an advocate for Orlando Brown Jr. before the season to get him paid. Thank God I'm not a GM at that point because Orlando Brown Jr. is god awful. He has given up the most pressure by a tackle in the league this season on, on was 38, 39 after the game on Sunday. Um, and Andrew Wiley on the other side, who has been praised as being able to, you know, come in and be a, a a plug in and play piece and a guy who stood in last year and played decently well um, has given up the second most with 37. It's awful. Awful. You have $500 million standing in the backfield and you play like that after coming in and saying, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to allow anybody in the, in the world to touch Patrick Mahomes to get out of here after betting on yourself, get out of here. It's awful. It's so bad. There's never been somebody who's bet on themselves as much as Orlando Brown Jr. and failed so historically.
1: <laughs> this is de- this is by far his worst game. Like he had some good games this season. This is by far his like he looked slow. There were there were players on this on in that game that you could tell were ready to play. All right, and they were completely players, unathletic. There were there were players on that field that just looked like they weren't there. Nick Bolton was one of them. Nick Bolton was not fitting and filling like he usually does. No. And Bad. so, like, Orlando Brown looking like he just woke up, not playing, like, what he can. Andrew Wiley looking slow as hell on the other side. Like, those are – that can't happen in these big games. I had full confidence that this the whole team was going to be ready to play this game, and it clearly wasn't what we saw on Sunday because they're there was just there were mistakes all over the field that just I don't know if it was effort I don't know if it was preparation or what but like they just they did not look like themselves and it was it wasn't everybody but it was so certain
0: players and it really hurt us. Nobody looked like themselves, but maybe this is who they really are. Because go around, I mean, there, you got two guys that are allowing the most pressures out of any tackles in the league. You've got receivers. With no character. I'm not even going to touch on Travis Kelsey. He should be doubled and tripled and chipped and held off the line. That is what we expect. But you have three other receivers out there who know that the pressure is going to be taken off of them. They made Eli Apple look like prime fucking Jalen Ramsey. Prime Dion. Awful. I wouldn't go that far. He allowed zero receptions. Nobody caught a pass on him. It was awful. You have Sky Moore who gets 23 snaps, not a target. Not one target. After coming off of six targets from the last couple of games, you have MVS who is fine. He's not bad. He's not good. He's fine. He's a regular old Demarcus Robinson. He's a little He'll bit drop. He's stop it. <laughs> he runs forward. He doesn't run sideways. But after that, like, miss me with that because his routes are bad. All he can do is run downfield. But guess what? He's not going to catch the ball because what we're seeing right now is exactly what they said were his issues during the draft. His hands, his hands are bad, or the limited. He has limited deep field da- or. Yeah, downfield play because his hands are bad and because he can't go back and reach for the ball. You have Juju, who's who's been playing fantastic, but when the fight gets hard, he sits on the sideline. Yeah, he got hurt, and then he came back in, right? But what I mean by sit on the sideline is he's still out there on the field and he doesn't do anything. If you're not going to contribute, get the hell off the field. There's Nobody has a dog in this fight between these guys that we have out there playing and it's just weak. It's a weak mentality. This isn't the Chiefs team that we know or love or that goes out every week. None of them have passed a test this year. None of them. We played two good teams and lost both of those games. Those were our two tests, the Bills and the Bengals. We lost them both.
2: No, it came down to the very end of both those games. And they were both. We, played them, we
1: played them both tough. Yeah. It's tough going to do. We when lost you both those win. games by a combined total of one touchdown. Yep. Seven
2: total points. I would rather lose these games in the regular season against those teams than the playoffs.
0: I can tell you, we better hope that we don't see the Bengals because it's going to be 0-4. F- oh they have they have us on lock. We can't do nothing with Jamar Chase. We can't stop Joe Burrow. We make Eli Apple look like he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. It's disgusting.
1: Listen, I mean, you you – I don't know if your coaches through high school, wee, college have ever said this, but like, even when I was playing in third grade, we beat a team in the regular season. We saw them in the playoffs and the whole week our coaches are saying it's hard to beat a team twice, any team, whatever level, the highest level of football being played. It is hard to beat a team twice. Okay. Understand they have, it is, it is 0-3 against the Bengals right now, but You multiply that by four. It's hard to beat a team four times. You make it look pretty easy. I'm (laughs) I'm telling you, like, law of averages type shit, like, it's going to regress to the mean, okay? Sure. Like,
2: we're nine and three. And you say they make it look pretty easy, but all three games have been within three points against them. All three losses coming down to the final kick, pretty much.
0: They're tough. When the going gets tough, we roll over but when ah uh, that's not and true I'll, and I'll, and I'll say this like that's offensively You're offensively this it lost. was i often well, no because it's a culmination of things that we're seeing against the good teams that we're going to have to face and beat to get to the Listen, super bowl if that's what everyone says it is hard to be a dynasty out here in it is it's not easy it's not easy but these are the games that we have to win we can't continue we, i'm okay i'm okay with a loss the we don't have to win in the regular of, season that's fine that's fine what I'm saying is is that what I'm seeing in the mentality the way that I'm seeing in the coaching that's where we're losing it it's okay that we lose the game we're losing the game on mental mistakes penalties whether they're bad or good we're still being put in position to commit these penalties we're still giving up when it gets tough Andy Reid put the ball in 15's hand at the end don't don't take him off the field and, and have Butker go in for a 55-yard attempt when he hasn't been good all season. He's ranked in the bottom. He's 28th or lower in literally every single category from every portion of the field when kicking a field goal from PAT back. It's awful.
2: Okay. Well, on that last play, Patrick was limping off the field pretty badly.
1: Well, he said he too- was fine. To that to that point, yeah, Andy was saying like it did not factor into his decision. I don't. I mean, could be media fluff. Like he he's like Pat was limping. It definitely did weigh into the decision. Um, but I mean, the, you're confident in a guy like when when he's on your team and you're showing him that you that you have that trust in him. Like, of course, Andy Reid's gonna. I mean, I'm not blaming coaches at the in this game at all. It's it's a it. Look, the Eagles couldn't go undefeated. Okay, it's hard to go undefeated in the NFL. This was a game that I think a few players took off. Okay, it's 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 a long season. We know we're going to see them again. Uh, I think it's really unfortunate that we had some players on social media like talking shit, and there's a whole drum up about that. But I really don't think it's on the coaches or the scheme. There's there were some effort issues out there for sure, out of more than a handful of players. And Travis Kelsey's fumble came at a really bad time. It usually doesn't happen. Yeah.
0: That's why I said, it. like, I don't, I, Travis Kelsey is fine, but we can't say it's not a coaching issue when they're dropping eight and you don't run the ball when your running back has 4.7 yards per carry. You've been running it all game. You get to the final drive. I, I agree with you on that. Timeout. When it, came, when it comes, to the when comes to play calling at that three point, three downs. Yes. I do you agree have three downs, you. and you then you go out and you kick a field goal when your running back is getting a first down every two carries.
1: Play to your I, strengths. I agree with you.
0: And when we look at the defensive side. We haven't even really. I mean, I know you touched on there, but defensively, like the defensive line, I had high hopes for this year. Clearly wrong. Awful, and like. Spags is partially to blame for what's going on with this defense, not just schematically, but in construction. I, I'm uh, like the corners. I'm fine with the linebackers. I'm fine with Nick Bolton, uncharacteristic of him in this game. You still saw the will and the one for most of those guys to go out and play this game. The defensive line, there was no will or want. There was no will or want. Nobody got in the backfield. There was no pressure. Joe Burrow could do what he want. He had 11 carries for like 60 yards. Not including the 330 passing yards. It's embarrassing. It's not Lamar Jackson out there who's gonna be running. You're just giving him the open lanes. There's no QB spy. So that's bad on Spags for not making those adjustments after halftime because you know he's already running all over you. Then you have the DBs or the the corners who are young. I thought they played Fairly well for the for the players that they have to go up against. That is a deep and very strong wide receiver core. Trent McDuffie surprised me with how well he did play. It's just Jamar Chase is that freaking good. But then you get back to the safeties and you have Juan Thornhill who has a 26.1% missed tackle rate this season. That's bad. He's coming up. He's missing tackles. He's not putting dudes on the ground. We're not getting guys caught at the line of scrimmage or a couple yards past. We're letting them go four, and then when Justin Reed is in position to make a tackle, he gets his head dribbled like a basketball because he sucks. (laughs) And they want to come at PFF wants to come out and say that, oh, he was targeted once and had zero receptions and allowed a 39.1 passer rating. Well, guess what? Look at the rest of the film because he's, he's out of the play by 30 yards every time. What are you doing? Thirty yards back, giving up a first down on third, second and eight, third and eight, to close the game at? Why are you thirty yards out of the play? You have a great pass rating and targeted ones because you're nowhere to be found until your head gets dribbled on the ground.
2: He sounds like all the dudes on Twitter right now, pissed off. I'm
0: mad. Dude. At the, at the reason, same time, i not be that talking all this shit downplay. and not do anything.
1: I, dude. I... <laughs> <laughs> Listen man. <laughs> you you I I used to I called him Big Country in one of our earlier podcasts but you you know Country Boy. Yeah. He's one of the only people on Twitter that is standing up for Justin Reed. That's
0: fine.
1: He's he look, the the way we come after these players when they don't have a good game is a little crazy. It's a little psychotic sometimes. Right. Because at the same time on that final third down play, the coverage on Higgins was airtight. And here, like, here's where I'm going with this. Like, the the rookies that we were having play against this wide receiver core were not winning any 50-50 plays. There were some blown coverages, there were some bad plays, but on the good plays, on the plays where they were in position, they weren't winning the 50-50 balls. Okay? There were There's certain aspects of this game that were outside of the coach's control that I just feel like went terribly wrong for us. There was a lot of players with questionable uh, effort levels out there and just didn't look like knew what was going on. We know Karloftis isn't very creative, so expecting more and more (laughs) pressures out of him uh, isn't too. But like Frank Clark made some really questionable decisions out there. The run like our linebackers, both of them made some really questionable like Nick Bolton just got bullied out there on a few plays. Um, But what I what I really hope comes from this is that there's there might be a little more competition um, at some of those uh, positions out there. I'm I'm not expecting much out of the linebacker position because Demetrius Harris was out there, too, and he looked like shit. Um, (laughs) He looked like he was jogging. Um, I can't, I don't want that back out on the field. Um, but you know, maybe on, maybe on the D line, maybe on the offensive line, maybe in the wide receiver room, maybe at the safety position, I I'm hoping there's a little bit more competition in practice and maybe some other players see more playing time, um, and get it in the head of those that are the starters that are good, that can play at a very high level that like, this is serious. I understand it's a long season. I understand. I just kind of like gave you an out like five minutes ago, but it's, like we're playing for a championship and every win we can get in the regular season sets us up for success in the playoffs. So we can't take a game off and we easily could have won that game outside of a few mistakes. That game could have been flipped outside of a really stupid penalty call on a, on an interception as well. Um That game could have been flipped and we easily could have been talking about how well we did. And, you know, we won that game by two scores. Um So I, OB, Nick Bolton, Frank Clark, Justin
0: Reed, the linebackers. Lack of effort. I think that's where it hits me hard. I mean, we're on track to be where I expected us to. Thirteen wins, a playoff win and out. It's kinda and and that's really good for a reset year. Um Soft cause that's, reset. cause that's what was soft. It's a, it's, that's still a reset. It's a soft reset to get kind of these young guys in, get them experience and get it going. We're, we're where I expected them to be what I don't expect and why I'm upset and why I'm taking this one much harder than I even took the bills. One is that the effort, like you were talking about Tybo, the effort, like I was talking about in the mentality, It this game showed weakness you can't go out there against good opponents and show weakness. If the, if you go out there and play tough, you eliminate these mental mistakes, we probably come out with a win, and we look much better. But every time we go up against these okay. Bengals, every time we go up against the Bills, the guys who are going to be the people who will stop us from getting to the Super Bowl, that's where we have those mental mistakes, and that's where we look weak, and that's where a regime change needs to come in. Not necessarily in the way of like, GM or head coach, but we need to figure out something else on the offensive coordinator side, defensive and well, the both, defensive but... side. I've been calling for Spag's head since we hired him because he was literally 32nd ranked defense in New Orleans before coming to Kansas City. And that was behind Bob freaking Sutton.
1: <laughs> I, I, I could go for some, some fresh legs, fresh set of eyes in there. Need it. For sure. But okay. to be completely honest, like th- this this team, this team has all the potential in the world, even without Tyreek Hill, With the pieces that we have, this is a this is a championship caliber team. Now, I think this is what I'm expecting with the the level of coaching that we have in Andy Reid, and I understand like we have some disagreements with the schemes. But as far right. as NFL professionalism, like motivators, blah, 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 all that stuff that goes into being a good coach. I think we have good coaches. I think we have good player coaches. Um, but we have a lot of young guys. There's a lot of mistakes being made in the regular season. And I really feel like it's just kind of sharpening, sharpening the knife. Like they're let them have these bad games in the playoffs. If we play a perfect game and I'm really hoping it comes, you know, second round of the playoffs AFC championship game. If we play a perfect game, there's nobody in this league that can touch us. The the Bills played their asses off and they beat us by three points. We played a bad game and they beat us by three points. When we get to the point where this team can play a, if we get to that point in this season where we can play a perfect game, there's nobody that can touch us.
2: And speaking to how mad Ty Bob was earlier, (laughs) We lost by three points for how bad we played. Exactly. We lost by three That's points.
1: True. With a and missed field goal in there. Like, I mean,
0: Butker out, game. Justin Reed out. This game's Thornhill out. Just... Just... <laughs> but we're fine. We're okay. Fix the mentality and everything else will follow. We go out and we want to just play hard and tough and not be weak a lot of those mistakes get fixed outside of Andrew Wiley and, and Orlando Brown Jr. those guys just
1: if awful. Le, let me let me pose you this question yeah if everyone on the team could have the motor of Isaiah Pacheco but you had to sacrifice Isaiah Pacheco would you do it
0: yes okay 100% 100% <laughs> <laughs> because, because, listen, you're putting you're putting his motor in their bodies or even George Karloftis' <laughs> motor in their bodies. Nobody is stopping. Everybody is angry because you can throw a little bit of skill out of the window. Like, bro, if Orlando Brown Jr. had the mentality that Isaiah Pacheco brings in, he's at least mid. He's at least mid because he wants to fight. He wants. He's <laughs> wanting to fight. He's. That's a thirty-two million points. dollar tackle.
1: If you put, if you put that, if you give that man, he, he look. He just looks slow against the, against the defensive end that is like probably average in the league as far as like how fast he is off the ball. He
0: Obi Orlando Brown looks slow. So he's Schwartz highly. out there, and he's and he's killing those dudes with his body right now. Uh, <laughs> ask him I don't know about that for one play maybe that's all I'm asking for alright Sean there, there, there's some we gotta get out of the negative what are some things that went right in this game
2: Oh, I'm gonna go with Isaiah Pacheco running they finally decided to run the ball the run in some moments uh, not towards the end but hey the run game it worked out for him because, remember, they dropped eight and only rushed three. It was wide open for us, and Pacheco got some yardage from that. McKinnon so looked McKinnon. pretty good out there, too. Yeah, I was going to say. So did McKinnon. I and the, was, I think it was like the first or second drive, but that screen pass to Pacheco, I thought it was going to be the Pacheco screen game. I thought it was in there. That It would have been the perfect game for that. So the screens hey, out there, if they're dropping that much, like...
0: They we're trying to dial it up, like... Jamal Charles versus the Raiders in, like, 2012 or whatever that was, I thought I thought he was going to have himself a hell of a day. And really, even off of, what, 16 carries? He, 14 carries and 66 yards, he should have had way more carries.
1: Certain things were still working for us in the game, which is why I think the coaches didn't opt to stick with the run game. But uh, it's one of those... Hindsight's twenty twenty, like glaring mistakes. That like if you stuck with the run game, we feel like we should have won this game, even with all the other BS that happened. Pacheco and McKinnon, the I mean altogether we were we were about five yards to carry.
0: You said four point seven or something like that. Yeah, Pacheco had four point seven. Uh, McKinnon had six point four.
1: Yeah, so. You put that together. That's over. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it is over five. Yeah. Well, I don't. it Kennan didn't run as much as Pacheco. So this. Uh...
0: eight carries. Yeah. eight carries six, 51 yards. I, it was there for us. Uh, I, a good thing. Uh, something that went right from the game is, uh, you know, Justin Reed did lock up Hayden Hurst yeah he was in for all of for one a quarter and a
1: half <laughs> <laughs> a quarter less than a quarter <laughs> he was, yeah
0: he, he yeah he was in for what the first drive a little yeah, bit of the, the half of two. the second yeah something like that yeah i mean it, th- that went well congratulations thank you for doubling down on twitter justin reed quick delete it, it's still not deleted it's not. I would, dude. I thought it was deleted because it said it was
1: unavailable, and then I went back and it's there. It's definitely up. Hmm.
2: It's
0: definitely up. Damn. All right. Who are some players, and maybe if you have any plays in mind that stood out from this game, that uh, maybe we can build off something there.
1: Well, I mean, the run game went well. Pacheco stood out. McKinnon stood out even even a little bit more when he touched the ball. Uh, Creed Humphrey stood out. Creed Humphrey still played well. He still like he looked like he had the drive to be out there and just like the, the will to win. Um,
2: outside of that, you, you got any more, Sean? Uh, Trent McDuffie. What I was going to say. us aside for him just covering Jamar Chase, he was like, Jamar only had 17 yards or something on him. Not very much. He – He looks like the real deal out there
1: covers wise. I think he did really well, but uh, another, another spot in this or like another aspect of his defense that I just feel everybody was on the, not on the same page on, on the wrong page um, was, was pursuit. And uh, the, the one of the plays that stood out involving McDuffie um, there was, it, it was a third down or a fourth down near the end of the game. Uh, thrown to Jamar Chase, I think it was an out route or something, slant, whatever. Uh, there was a lineup of four defenders and like maybe one or two blockers, and we couldn't we couldn't make it happen. It was all DBs out there. It was two corners and two safeties, and Jamar Chase was it was three v four, and we couldn't get it done. There, were, I mean, poor tackling, poor pursuit. Um, I think it was one Thornhill who shot in first and just like. Basically, took himself out of the play and and turned it into a three on three. And I mean, McDuffie didn't look great next to him, but uh, it was it was it was piss poor. Um, I mean, I, I don't think. I mean, that looks like high school players trying to pursue a ball carrier out there. That's that's how bad it looked on certain plays.
0: Players, even when there's a loss and bad news, there's still good news going on. Like we started off the show saying. Kansas City Chiefs can wrap up, what is it? Their seventh, eighth consecutive AFC West championship after Sunday's game. Um all we need is a loss from the Chargers. There goes my flag every time. Uh after uh, you know, we need a loss from the Chargers, but we can wrap this up well. It's nine, it's only three losses, it's nine wins. There's still a lot of ball left for these guys to get into a hot rhythm to lead them into the playoffs
2: it's better to go in on a fresh win streak instead of like a 12 game win streak you know
0: yes it's even more fragile at that point
1: like if you're if you just went, like if you i guess the patriots kind of did it uh, when they went 14 and two they i think they won the super bowl that year too they went and two to start the season but uh you got a long win streak going into the playoffs. It definitely feels more fragile. Like when are they? When is it going to snap? Like when is it? Is it going to happen?
0: Most definitely. Well, and out of all the
2: teams we have left, I Bengals are the only one I really see us losing to. So we had a chance. To lose a, there's
1: a, there's look lose. look of at very the tape. Right ship coming up. That's but there's there's no. There's no team, you you look at the rest of those teams, there's no team that looks like a real test, like you were saying. Like the Bills and the Bengals Correct. were the two tests. We can't we can't do what we did in the Titans game. We can't do what we did to the Raiders. Like we we gotta win these games handedly. We gotta make oh. some statements
0: out here, man. Statements must be made, and there is one to be made this upcoming Sunday. As the Kansas City Chiefs and Broncos have been flexed out of the Sunday night game, uh, we've even this is the first game this season while we're on CBS that we will not the game will not be called by Tony Romo and Jim Nance. it will be called uh, by Ian Eagle and his uh, counterpart I, his name escapes my mind um, so it is it, it, I do like Ian Eagle quite a bit but uh, it's the first time we are putting uh, being put on second fiddle so thank you Russell Wilson for sucking. But nonetheless, make sure that you catch us back on all platforms, audio, YouTube, wherever you get us, Bob and Bo Show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter uh, as we come back to you on Friday to bring you pregame coverage of Chiefs versus the Broncos. I should say the donkeys. It's donkey week, boys. Let's get it going. And go Chiefs. Go Chiefs! Chiefs!